Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Amen. We are honored to be here with you. Amen. With Bishop Ed Riley and Pastor Carlene Riley. Amen. You know, the Lord has a way of doing some wonderful things. And um, it is a wonderful thing that the Lord has done to those who have traveled to get here. Amen. Listen, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The scripture says uh, when the, the body comes together. Right? When we come together in unity. Because there's something that happens when we come together that does not happen when we're isolated in silos by ourselves. Amen. There's a beauty and there's a glory of God that is released. That's what Jesus says. Father, I pray that you'll make them one. Amen. And when we come together in one purpose of glorifying him, magnifying him under one banner of his great name, he says then the glory is going to be seen. So we're expecting glory. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know that when I came here, the glory was already here, meeting us here. And so there is going to be a glory released, amen, over us again so that when we go out from this place, we will be like flames of fire. We'll be like ambers that, that have come in together and you've been reignited. Amen. And you know how you do a cookout and you see in the grill the charcoal that when you put it in there, it, it connects. It's something about coming together and then you can take that amber. You can take it that coal with your tongues and you can go and start another fire. Well, somebody's going to start a fire down in Monk's Corner. So we're going to start a fire over in Sally. So we're going to start a fire wherever the Lord sends us out. Amen. We're going to go starting fires. Amen. All because we gathered together at our father's house this morning. I thank God for my wife that's here with me praying for me. I know she's praying hard for me too. She's like, Lord, use them. Um, thank you for your prayers. Amen. And those of you that are joining us online, we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a little bit nervous. My palms are sweating. I'm excited. So you know what that means, right? It's going to be not I, but it's going to be him. Amen. Because I'm leaning and depending upon him. Amen. Amen. Walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine by. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Let us walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. One more time, we will walk in the light, beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Yes. Oh, he's Jesus, the light of the world. 
Jesus, the light of the world, shine all around, shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Yes, he's Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. One more time, he is Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world, shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made, and we've come to rejoice and be glad in it. Not because of what you've done, but simply because of who you are. And so as we gather this morning, Father, we ask that you would be glorified. Your people would be edified. Demons would be terrified. And we thank you that in the law would be sounded for sinners, that they will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and all over the internet. We believe you, Father, because your glory fills the earth that you will draw by the power of the Holy Spirit and Lord I thank you now for the Holy Spirit who is the master teacher and I pray in the name of Jesus that I decrease and that you would increase the more and that which your people have come those near and those from far my God and those who are tuned in and those who will see the replay that they will receive everything that they expected because you're the God of more than another you do exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. Now have your way in this place and in this house is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. I, again, am really extremely nervous. Some would say, no, you're not nervous. I am. Amen. But you know what? I'm grateful to the Lord because he is going to be glorified and honored in our midst. I want to uh, again thank Pastor Colleen Riley for this opportunity and, and Bishop giving the green light and allowing me to come on in one more time and to share out of the word of the Lord today. Amen. And it seems that if you have a phone, put it in vibrate or silent mode because people just don't know when to call you. They just call you all times. I'm going to have to call back Pastor McDowell and say, you know, I was in the pulpit when you called me and the phone rang. All right. So my phone rang and your phone might ring. Just put it in vibrate or on uh, do not disturb. Amen. That way you won't be disturbed while you're hearing the word and then you can give them the word after you weren't disturbed. Okay. Yeah, because you can't just take enough for yourself. You got to take more than enough. And what you receive, you got to be willing to go and share with somebody else. Oh, y'all just eat for yourselves. I see y'all at the table like this. No, this is just for me. No, no, no. You take this here and you have enough that you can share. Never just take enough. Mom and them always made sure they cook more than enough because they never know who was going to come by and have a little something. They may not be a whole big spread, but we got a little something here for you. Amen. So we got a little something here for you over at our father's house that you'll be able to take a little bit more where you're going. All right. Amen. Want to draw your attention to uh, a couple of portions of scripture. 
amen, that I think will be a blessing and somewhat telling and helpful as uh, we move forward. You know, we are living in what we understand to be the last days. Mm -hmm. And if no one told you that, pick up the Bible and you'll see we are living in the last days. These are perilous times. And the world, as we understand it, is dark. And I mean dark not because the sun is not shining, not because DPU and uh, uh, all the different uh, utility companies are not providing and supplying power, but dark because there's the ignorance, the lack of knowledge of God's word. He said there would be a famine in the earth. There would be a famine. And and, and some say, well, we're still, you know, producing food and manufacturing food. Yes, manufacturing food. We're not just growing it. We're manufacturing it now. Some of the chicken that we eat it may not be chicken, but you eat it. And you thank God for it, right? You just bless it. Uh, listen, you just receive it with thanksgiving. Some looking at me, you talking about my chicken. I know it is the gospel bird, and I'm, I'm, I'm all out there. But just flow with me. It's all right. This is how, we, you know, how we're moving right now, okay? This is how we're moving. But some of the things that we're eating, if we understood what it was, we wouldn't eat it. We wouldn't eat it. But whatever it is, we start to say, Lord, I don't know what this here is, but thank you for it and let it be nutrition for my body. Let it not harm me. Amen. Let it not harm me. And he is so good that there are things that we eat and things that we drink that we don't even know. It goes in and it goes out and we say, Lord, we thank you. That's it. Just thank him for it. But we're in a world where everything um, is bling and lights except the word of God. He said there'd be a famine, but not a famine of food, but a famine of the word. That means that they will be ignorant of the word. And some are willfully ignorant. Some have heard and just turned like this here. No, you're not talking to me because I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do how I want to do. But in the body of Christ, as believers, we have to walk in obedience to his word. We don't have options. Okay, nobody liked that because we all want to kind of do our own thing. You know, we, 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 he saved us, he delivered us, he redeemed us, and we think, well, now I can do what I want to do because I'm saved or I'm a believer, or because I'm now tied into the family of God, been reconciled with God, I'm no longer his enemy, I'm now a son and daughter, and I'm in the household of faith, so that means now that I'm here, I can do what I want to do, not so he gives us his word and we've got to walk in obedience to his word we don't get to do what we want to do oh i'm grown i'm 40 i'm 50 i'm 60 near 100 and i'm grown no doesn't make a difference if we were a thousand years old we're still his children and if we are his children just like your children are expected to obey you He's expecting us to obey him. But it's something about the world that would rather ignore God. They'd rather have the lights turn off. They'd rather walk in darkness. They'd rather be willfully ignorant so that they can say they have an excuse. But the whole purpose of preaching the word, the whole purpose of preaching, not just by word, but preaching through lifestyle. Because preaching talks about that which you proclaim, right? That which is going to be pronounced. That which is going to be heralded. Well, your life speaks for you. How you live your life, it speaks for you. Your life will speak more than your words. Because people will hear what you say. They'll remember what you do. They'll say, I don't know, mama did such and such. And daddy did such and such. Well, you told me not to do this here, but then you did that. You told me what not to do, but then you did the thing you told me not to do. 
you. So which one should I do? Should I follow your example of what you have done? Or do I need to follow what you say? Because I'm kind of confused. <laughs> and the world is somewhat confused when they look at the church. I'm not talking about our beautiful edifices and cathedrals and, and whatnot. No, they look at those and say, those are nice. Yeah, we got some buildings like that too. And we could put some stained glass and some chandeliers and, you know, technology. And, and that's nice. But what they're looking for is to see if you do what Jesus says. Now, the, we can't take our cues from the world. Let me just back up for a moment. Because the world would try to tell the church and dictate to the church how to be and what to do. But how many of us know that the word of God is what tells us how to live and how we should do? The world might say, oh, you need to do all of these different things. But when you check in the scripture, the first thing we've got to do is be like Jesus. And walk in obedience to this. Because the world will mold you and shape you according to what they think and what's going to be comfortable for them. They say, I don't mind you being religious. Go and do all those things, but don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about the word. Don't bring conviction to me. And that conviction, again, you don't have to do it by speaking so much, just by living. Just by living. That speaks louder. When they don't see you, you know, doing what they do, they're like, what's wrong with you? Because, you know, Pookie them, nobody here named Pookie, right? All right, okay. Y'all not named Pookie. That's not a nickname or nothing? All right, good, good. I'll make sure I don't want to offend anybody. Because, you know, Pookie and them, they hang out with us on Friday. They get high with us on Saturday. And then Sunday, they're singing, I'm a soldier on the battlefield, and I'm fighting. I promised him that I would suck. But what you doing on Friday? You mean you getting lit with everybody else? You turning up? You dropping it like a, you, it's, 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 it's different. It's very different. And then, you know, the guys on the outside like to find the gals on the inside. I don't need to walk down that road, do I? But that's what they do. Because they find out sometimes the gals on the inside, on the outside, they look. But on the inside of them, they're like, yes, I'm ready too. Come on. All right, I'll leave that alone. That's not really a part of the sermon. But that really speaks again about the life that's lived on the outside. Because when they approach you, they already know you. They know you because of what you said. But now they're going to watch you to see how you do and put you to the test. And see if you're going to live the life you sing about and you talk about or you just dressed up on the outside but on the inside you just as ratchet so we've got to live the life as well as talk about it some would say that talk is cheap but talk is not cheap talk is expensive it's gonna cost you yeah power in life is right here so so you can't just talk and not walk. And walk don't mean, it really means live. All right? We use different terms. And people say, well, I thought you said just to walk this way. <laughs> no, no. You got to live a certain way. All right? You got to walk it and live it. All right? So, so 
the world would like to put us in its mold, but the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, nor the fashion of this world. Don't let it squeeze you. And I know sometimes it gets tough, especially for young folk, because you want to fit in where you get in, but you can't get in every place you fit in, because some fits don't fit you. Some fits don't fit you. And, and, you, and they might allow you to be apart for a while, but that's only to drag you down and to keep you bound. God has a purpose for you being around. And it's not so that you can be shaped and fashioned and mold. Even if you're fashionable, I'm not talking about don't be fashionable and, and look nice. No, look nice. Be nice. Do all of that. But know who you are and whose you are. And never lose sight of that. You know, mom and them and daddy and them tell you that when you go out, remember, you represent this house. Right? And the same thing with our Heavenly Father. We represent him everywhere we go everywhere we go so don't allow them to hoodwink you and make you think that no it's all right because so-and-so did it no it's not all right no matter who did because I still have to obey what I know is true and his word is true amen and there are people who are being destroyed because of lack of knowledge there are some people that are being destroyed because they don't have an understanding they are confused by what they see and so we've got to be careful. You know, there's a song, a children's song that says, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down at love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because, you know, hearing can affect you too. Faith cometh by hearing. So does fear, so does confusion. So a lot of things come by hearing. So we've got to be careful about what we hear and how we hear. You hear some things and you need to question it. You find out, does it line up with the word? And if you don't understand it, well, then find some seasoned, not a novice, not someone who's just starting out who might be just as confused as you and the blind lead the blind and you both fall into the ditch. They don't know any better than you know and you try to hook up with them. No, we got to find those who are walking, who are godly examples, who've been tested, proved, and tried by the word and life experiences. And then you ask them, I don't quite understand this. Lord, help me. Because even the Ethiopian eunuch being over the treasury of Candace Queen, understood that I don't know everything, but God sent someone who had some experience with him, and he was able to guide him. So all of us are going to need some help along the way, and we ought to be teachable. Just as teachable as the children are, we have to be teachable. No matter what our responsibility, our roles might be, how skillful we are, and what responsibilities we have, there's always the ability to be taught. Someone can show you some things. Amen. And so there's a, there, there is a need in the world that's dark, right? Because we recognize that in spiritual warfare, and I heard Pastor talk about this here while uh, inside and in, in some stuff, that we're engaged in spiritual warfare, and that spiritual warfare is real. Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And you know, that's easy. We can easily get somebody and say, well, you. But it's not so much them. It's what's driving them, what's moving them, what's animating them, what they have submitted themselves to. 
And you'd be surprised how many believers have also submitted or yielded themselves at one point or another to the influence of the enemy. You say, well, that's not me. Well, listen, Jesus had it right there after someone who said, you are the son of God and, and so forth and so on. He says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, my father in heaven, this, that, and to all that. And then just in the next couple of verses, Jesus says, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to be crucified. I'm, I'm going to have to die and all that. And that same one who was, had this great revelation, be it far from you. No, never so. It shouldn't happen. And, and you, he meant that thing. You know how you know he meant it? Because in the garden, you remember when they came to get Jesus? He meant that. He pulled out his sword. He's ready to fight. And some of y'all keep swords in, around too. I'm real. Some of y'all keep swords too. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to fight? Y'all ready to fight for pastor? Y'all ready to fight for, for, for your building? You ready to fight for your seat? Move over. That's my chair. <laughs> You're ready to fight. You stepped on my toe. Ready to fight. No, put, put, put it back in the sheath. Put it back. Cool down. Don't fight. You don't have to fight. Jesus didn't have Peter fight for him. And we got to be careful about this, this, this new thought that we've got to fight for somebody. No, God says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. There's sometimes that we have to take a little something, persecution. And unfortunately, we've not been taught enough to understand that those who live the life, those who live the life, those who live the life, you're going to be persecuted for his namesake. Not because you've done anything wrong. Because trouble come your way, it ain't going to last always. It's, it's a fleeting thing. But it's going to happen. But just make sure that it's because it's his name and for the gospel's sake. Because you're living holy and you're living right. Not because it's deserving to you. And then you try to say, man, they're always talking about me. Well, there's always somebody talking about you. Always. It could be good or bad. Come to the place where you really don't mind as long as you are walking in obedience to the word of God. But the same one that was praising Jesus had to also be rebuked by him. Because the enemy told him what to say and he believed it. That's why we had these, these armaments called the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. Why we have the helmet on so that our mind, our thought life can be guarded properly. So that when the enemy throws those suggestions, because thoughts will come. You ever had any crazy thoughts? Any lately? Okay, I was going to see who's going to admit to that because, yeah, I've had some too. But what do you do? You pull down those vain imaginations. You pull down those. You bring them into obedience. You bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Don't, don't fight anymore with flesh and blood. Do like Jesus. They discern the fact that the enemy is animating and pushing them. And then Satan, I rebuke thee. Get thee behind me. Speak and fight right speak and fight right now all of this is just something that because somebody need and y'all been pulling on me and so this here has to come out before i even get to what i really want to talk about but for whoever it is god bless you put it in your satchel use it when you need it and share it with some others who might need it as well all right and continue to fight the good fight of faith i want to turn your attentions to the Gospel of Matthew, in the time that I have left. Matthew chapter 5. 
And I'm going to begin reading at verse 14. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. Because in a world of darkness, I want you to understand that ye are the light of the world. Ye, old English. So let me make it more personal. You are the light of the world. You, just set yourself, say, I am the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. Told you there's something that they're looking for. They are watching something. They're not just listening to the words that are spoken, but they're watching a life that is lived out openly. Live out loud. Some people say LOL. Live out loud. Laugh out loud. No, live out loud. Live it out. Let your light so shine before in the presence of, before their face, in front of them. Let your light, let your life, the light of your life, because he is the, the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Amen. He says, so let your light so shine before men that they may see, observe, pay attention to the good works, your good works. And now we can take this two ways. Not only will they glorify your father, which is in heaven. Well, how about you glorifying your father, which is in heaven? You know, Bishop, I, I, I've, I've read that verse many times, and as I read it last night, it hit me, is that there's some people that when they do good, and people begin to acknowledge the good that they've done, you know what they do? Like, they did it. But it was the gift of God operating in them, the anointing and the presence of God that was on them, that made them stand out above others who may have been more qualified, more skillful, more talented, but for some reason, you stood out. But your standing out and shining forth wasn't because of who you are, because of your own abilities. It's because of his ability, his light, his glory, his anointing, his shine, his radiant, his brilliance in and upon your life. And so not only does he say, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works, but he says, and glorify. Now, most times we put it to the other people. But what about the person who's being pat on the back, who's being acknowledged? What do, what do they do? They ought to be opening their mouth and glorifying God. So it's not just the other people because they may not know God. They're coming to see him through what you do and how you do. So when they see him in you, what do we do? Father, I thank you that they can see you living in me, that they can see you, their light, your glory, your presence, your anointing. That's what we do. He says, and glorify your father because he's not their father unless they've been born again. 
Father there talks about a relationship. And who are those who have relationship with him? We do. Those who've been blood washed. Those who've been brought in. So I saw this here, Bishop, and it hit me that we've been kind of twisting that. We didn't get that all the way clear because I can't take it to myself as though I did it. Even if I'm skilled in it, even if I'm talented, but there is a certain thing that happens when the anointing of God is on your life. There's something different about you when the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside because the Holy Spirit is a fire. The Holy Spirit is a flame. The Holy Spirit is a light that lights in us and the Holy Spirit setting upon us. Let me just kind of fast track this here. He said, listen, no man takes a candle um, let, can we go to, to, to uh, Mark 4 and 21? Let me give you these three and then I'm gone. All right. I'm just going to flow. All right. Let's look at this here in Mark 4 and 21. Thank you. Uh, and he said unto them, uh, is a candle bought to be put under a bushel? Is it to be hidden amongst things put under something? Under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Luke 8 and 16. Luke 8 and 16. I'm giving you these verses. Write them down. I'm, I'm moving quickly. Luke, 18, uh, Luke 8 and 16 says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may what see the, see the light one more verse of scripture and we're going to tie this all together luke 11 and 33 luke 11 and 33 says no man when he hath lit it a candle or light a candle putteth it in a secret place neither under a bushel but on a candlestick that they which come in may what may see the light. I, I want to share with you that it is time to shine the light. It's time to shine the light. The scripture is very clear. He's already called us to be light of the world. He's already called us to be luminaries. He's called us to be those who would shine forth and radiate with a brilliance. And that brilliance is not our brilliance. It is his brilliance. Okay, you'll get that in a moment. So it's not about how brilliant we are because he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. He takes the weak things to bring to nothing those things that are strong. So it's not about the intellect and good schooling is wonderful. It's to be applauded. The degrees and academic achievements are to be done and to be pursued. Absolutely. But above and beyond all of that, Paul said, listen, I count all of those achievements, all of those acumens, all of those things that I had learned, I count it all dung for the excellency of knowing having this relationship and being in relationship with the lord jesus christ everything else fails in comparison because the greatest thing is this one thing and this one thing is what i am going after this one thing is what i'm reaching forward to this one thing is what is needed and that's having christ in my life and being in him and him being in me without christ in a life there is no light it's only darkness it's only gloom it's only dark but with christ on the inside having the right relationship with god it does something it turns the light on and when the light of his glory is being turned on in your life there is no turning it off all of a sudden even in the darkness uh, you can see you mean what do you mean by that consider this we're living in the world that is dark but yet you can see 
I'm not talking about a natural seeing now. I'm talking about a spiritual seeing. I'm talking about a spiritual discernment. Why? Because the light of the glory of God has been turned on in you and I so that those who sit in darkness, as we once did, and, and, and we'd have to own up to that, is that there was a time when we sat in darkness. We were ignorant. We didn't know. But he who loved us so, he said, listen, I'm going to turn on your light. I'm going to set you ablaze. I'm going to put the light on you. Over in Luke 8, 16, he says, no man when he lighted a candle. Lighted there means to fasten. It means to set on fire to set on fire so what he did with the holy spirit what he did with the spirit is he set us on fire how do you know go back over to acts the acts tells us that when the spirit came in as a rushing mighty wind it did what it lit upon them it was upon them as flames of fire it turned the light on and all of those who around they heard something there was a difference that went on there was a sound that emanated out from the upper room and it caused people to be attracted the light is going to do a few things it's going to attract some things but it's also my God it's also going to do some other things it's going to burn up some things all the unrighteous things all the things that are no good all the things that are moss and dross the light the flame of the Holy Spirit has a way of purifying and burning out everything that's not like God and what is left what remains is the light and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord that's why he says you can be lights in a dark world he's called us to be lights because the world is in need of of light but unfortunately we pick the light and we like to keep it confined we want to keep it in a vessel we want to keep it in four walls we want to keep it in our house your house some house but we don't want to shine it before men where it's going to be most useful because when we get with men we want to be like men we want to fit in we want to blend in but you can't and sometimes you get close to some things. If you take a lamp, you take a fire. Now, we talk about lights and we think about, you know, flashlights and all that. No, back in the day, the type of lamps they, they had, and I should have brought one with me, but it's a lantern with kerosene on the inside with a wick. And you got to put some sort of a covering around it because if you bring it too close to something, that flame might cause something to catch a fire. And what we've done is we've isolated so much so that, we, that, that we're not even burning up the things around us that need to be burned. See, he set you ablaze. He set you and I ablaze so that we can get near to some things that can catch on fire and burn up the unrighteousness so that the righteousness of God can be seen. And listen, he says, see, if you can't take this thing that's been lit, it's a verb, you know, this word for lit it or lit is a verb. That means it's an action. It's something that is active. It's something that is done. He says that I've lit you with a purpose. I've set this fire on you with a purpose. I've fastened this fire to you with a purpose and the purpose is not so you can be put under a bushel not so that you can be hid from the face of men no you gotta come out from hiding it's time for the light to shine the world is in need of not a flashlight or because a flashlight might lose its power and its battery but no he says no I sent you as lights in other words I've set the Holy Spirit in you and that's why you gotta keep the oil my God gotta keep some oil you know you always had a candlestick or lamp or lamp and you have some oil with it. You got to take some oil with your lamp. Some, there's some that are neglecting the fact that they got to stay in the presence of the Lord so that they can continue with the oil of God and the word of God so that they're ready to shine forth for his glory, showing forth his praise through the good works that are done. 
That's how, the, that's how they're going to see it. They're not going to see it just because you say it. Because after they hear it, they need to see it. Blind people can't see, but they can hear. But they can also feel. And if they get close to something that's hot and warm, they say, oh, I can feel that. So even if they're blind and can't see and you're on fire, what happens? They're going to feel the effects of it. There are those who need to feel the effect of the glory, of the presence, of the anointing, of the Holy Spirit in and upon your life. When you get back to Sally, you got to get in there and understand that God says, listen, you got oil. You've been in my presence. I'm going to set you on fire. I'm going to put this light on you. And no matter, listen, from a distance, from a distance in the military, they will do some night skirmishes. And we, you know, I served in the Corps, and like my brother here, we served in the service. So, so sometimes from a distance, you might not hear anything, but you can see a light from miles away, many yards away, even before, before the sound gets to you. And some people want to go with the sound, but I heard that Gideon went with trumpets and lanterns. There's sometimes you got to send up that that gives God glory but the other times that you got to take that light of his glory and let that be seen so that your enemies are terrified they just don't know what to do with you he said I have set you on fire I've set you on fire for a purpose not to be hid not to be put under a bed you know a bed is where you go to sleep it's where you go and lay down Right, it's, go, it's where you go and relax. He said, this is not the time to relax. This is not the time to lay down with the world. This is not the time to be lazy and lackadaisical. No, this is the time that you got to be fervent. Got to be fervent on fire. Because if you're on fire, there's somebody that needs, listen, just a little bit of fire, just a little spark can start a whole forest fire. So don't, don't worry about this little light of mine. Don't worry about how small that light is. If you just use the light. Use the light. Some of the young people say, but I'm going to wait till I get older. Because then I'll, I'll, have a better, I'll have a better brilliance. No, God can use you in your youth. As a matter of fact, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. When you say, I have no delighted. Oh, no, no. While you're young, let him use you. While you're young and strong, uh, he can use you because he's got a purpose for you. I'm looking at the young men over here, and I just know that God's got a purpose over your life. I can't believe that you were just brought here. You, you know what? Pastor and the, and the seasoned saints, it really wasn't for them to come. It's an encouragement to them because they've been trying to get y'all on fire. They've been keeping y'all around the altar. See, that's what I understood of the saints of old is that they would keep you around the altar because they wanted you to catch on fire. See, you take that coal. Have you ever been to a cookout? Y'all ever been to a cookout? You go to a cookout, and, and I've used this analogy already, but you take some coals out the bag, and you're going to put it into the fire. You're going to put it where there's already an existent burning going on hoping that it's going to catch on fire not a whole lot of smoke because that's not going to cook anything but if you if you can get it to catch on fire and that's what i believe for you and you and you is that if you can stay around now don't go with the friends i know they're pulling on you i know that your friends are pulling on you i know the world is pulling on you i know the, the guys and you want to belong and you want to fit in but god's got a purpose on your life it's not that you won't be there it's this that when you're there he wants you to make a difference they're in darkness. I'm not saying that you abandon them. No, no, don't abandon them because some of them need someone to lead them out from the places of darkness. Sometimes we got to, we don't want to, we don't want to go to where darkness is. Light like to be with light. 
That's our problem. We want to just stay clumped together. But the darkness needs light. Light don't need a lot. It's good to come together as light, to be reignited, to burn good. But then after that, I got to go to where it's dark out here. Yeah, but you're the light. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I might trip over some of stuff. He said, no, you walk by faith and not by sight. And don't you worry. If you fall, the righteous fall is several times. But the Lord does what? Pick him up. But he can't pick up those who ain't going. Those who are not doing. We're so afraid to fall. I'm going, oh, I, don't, I can't see my way. He didn't ask you to see your way. He asked you to walk by faith. Step out. Step out. Oh, the winds and the waves, it's boisterous. It's okay. Step out on the platform of his word. If that's you, bid me come. He's already bid us to come. Actually, he told us to go. He said, go into all the world, into all the various systems, to all people talk about the seven mountains, the mountain of entertainment, the mountain of education, the mountain of finance, the, the mountain of this. Go there then. But go being the light. Go expecting to transform and make the difference. You make the difference when you show up. Why? Because there's a presence and a glory and a glow on you. But don't cover it up. Don't hide it. Let the light shine. God want to use you, young fellas. He want to use you where you are. He's like, man, why are you talking to me? Okay, I talked to her. God want to use you, young lady. He want to use you. He want to use your children. He want to use your children. He don't just want to use you. So when you come, you bring them. And it's all right if they take a little nap. That's fine because the word, listen, the word is penetrating. The word penetrates. They can't be in the presence of the Lord and he not touch them. You bring your little ones. You bring your grandchildren. You bring them. Don't worry about, listen, commit them to the Lord and watch what he does. He's the one that makes the difference. He said, it's time for the light to shine. I'm not going to give you to be under a bushel. I don't want you hidden. I don't want you ducking out of sight. No, you need to be seen and you need to let those good works be seen. And good works are what Jesus did. Good works. Good works. Those things that are beneficial. Those things that are helpful. That's what it means by good. It's benefiting. It's helpful. Even though sometimes it's hurtful. That's the other problem. Sometimes we want to withdraw from doing the good that we can. Because the last time I did, I got burnt. The last time I did good, you know, they, they took my goodness and my kindness for granted and they abused me and they talked about me. They talked about Jesus, but he still went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Why? Because God had anointed him. And that's what he, he says, I've anointed you with this. I've blessed you with this. In Philippians 2.15, he says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't expect the world to be right because if it was right, then it would need righteousness. Right. Okay. Wouldn't need saving. Wouldn't need the word of God. Wouldn't need the life style. Because it would already be right. But he says, no, you are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. But look at this. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Be an example that they can see Christ. 
not just here. They're tired of just the, hearing the preaching. Then they hear later on, man, did you hear what happened over there? And they got all the news, all the tea. Y'all don't like news anymore. Y'all like tea. It's sophisticated. They got all the tea. You say, oh, tell me the tea. And you get you some biscuits and you sit down. A socialite thing, you understand. And they sit down and they talk about all the things that's going on. All the drama. Well, why not just talk about the word? Because the word already tells us that we're in a, a crooked and perverse nation. So we're not surprised when things happen on the national scene. We're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be alarmed or fearful because he's already told us about the things which are to come. So that we would be able to endure and recognize how we are to behave during the seasons. He says that among whom ye shine as lights in the world. But he didn't just leave you there. In verse 16a, it says, holding forth the word of life. See, it's never just about me showing up and talking about me. It's always holding forth Jesus. It's always holding forth the word of life, not death. In John 3.16, we know that, but the 17 says that I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be, what? Saved. So we're not going to tell them how bad they are, how crooked they are. No, this is for our information and edification. He makes us to know so that we're not discouraged when we go. But we're encouraged because he already made us to know so that he's already outfitted us with everything that we need. All the spiritual armament, the whole light of God, the whole armament, the whole armor of God. You put it on because you know where you are. In a war zone, you won't find any soldier, any military person without having their armor on. Because they know that it could jump off at any moment. All of a sudden, it was just lit. It just, we just went from zero to a hundred in a matter of a moment. So we're never without having on the whole armor of God, the light of God's presence. Got to put it on. He says, but holding forth the word of life. Because there are those who are sitting in darkness and they're waiting for the light. They heard that there were those who were light bearers. They heard that there were those who would come and rescue them. Now, here's another opportunity. Here's spring. It's getting warm now. And, and there are certain mandates that have been lifted. There's opportunities for us because time is short. How short is time? I can't tell you. But how many believe that Jesus is to return? Because all you have to do is look at the word and see. So he says, I've left you to be my witnesses. I've given you this authority and power. I've made you brilliant. You're going to stand out. Right. Whether you want to or not, you're going to stand out. Right. On your job. There's an expectancy, brother, of you to. There's an expectancy. There's an expectancy. And the world is looking and waiting and says, so when are we going to be saved? When is someone going to come and rescue us? He said, well, when Jesus comes. No. You and I are him in the earth as he was so are we in the earth we're the sons of god so that means we've got to act like it and acting like it means walking in the same fellowship of light that's why we sung the song nothing that's been sung today is just by happen chance everything is all interwoven and tied into so that it is impressionable upon the heart and mind so that when you leave here you remember you're walking in the light 
Beautiful light. Come where you all of these songs that have been sung. Because you hear it preached, you hear it taught, and you hear it sung. We learn different ways. And you're able to read it. See it for yourself. It's not being twisted. The scriptures are there. We believe in giving it to you word upon word, line upon line, precept upon precept. So that you can take it and live because you're now responsible. You're responsible for what you heard. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to hide now? Go underneath a bushel? Are you going to, are you going to say, well, listen, I got to stay in my bed. Get under the bed. No, he said the whole purpose that I lit you up, set you on fire, is so that you would be put on a candlestick. I'm not elevating you so you can say how boastful you are and how great you are. No, no. Talk about how great is our God. Say to me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the great God that we talk about. And the great God is living in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? I want to leave you with these two verses. I want to leave you with these two verses. Um, out of Isaiah. Out of Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah 9 and 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them have the light shined. And there is a need. Now, when Jesus walked, that's what happened. And as we are sent out, that is what is to happen. There are those who are in the shadow of death. They're in the throes of death. There are those who are sitting in darkness. But when we show up, you know, when you show up, you brighten up a room. I'm not just talking about brightening it up because you're the life of the party. I'm talking about brightening it up even if you don't open your mouth. Your presence in a room changes and shifts the atmosphere. When you show up, all of a sudden, faces go, oh, I'm so glad. I mean, if you're not a hellion, then you're not to be. You're not to be a hellion. They shouldn't say, oh, here they come again. Boy, they're going to come and beat me over the head with the Bible. No, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. Live it out. You don't have to go in there with the great verses and, you know, talk from Genesis to Revelations because after a while they're going to go like this. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went out in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit with love of God. Those who were afflicted, those who were depressed, those that were oppressed, those that were possessed were all being healed and delivered because the Father had anointed him. And the Father has anointed each one of his children to go and do likewise. Amen. The next verse I want to leave you with is Isaiah 60, verse 1. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Can I leave you with that encouraging word? Arise. Get up from that do nothing bench. Don't hold down the pew or, or, or chair any longer. They're already nailed down. They're held down. But he says to us, arise. Get up. Change your position. Shift from your posture of being low and oppressed and depressed by situations and circumstances. He says, no, arise and shine. Arise and let the light of God shine forth in you. Let the glory and the brilliance of God shine forth in you. Understand, the Lord is your light. Don't go out there with your intellect. 
Don't think that I'm going to show forth how many degrees that I have. It doesn't make a difference how many degrees you have, how rich you are, how much you possess. None of those things are going to move people because they got it too. The only one thing that we have that is beneficial, that is useful, that's going to transform their life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of God. So I want to encourage you, arise and shine. Let the light of God shine forth in you. Let it shine forth in your home, in your community, in your city, in your county. Let the light of God shine forth every place you go. Every place that you'll be. Let it be known that Jesus is mine. But not just because you can preach it and say it with your mouth. But let it be because of your life living. Let it be because when you show up, they recognize here comes some love. Here comes some mercy. Here comes some kindness. Here comes forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's needed in the house. That's needed amongst the house. So that we can continue to be the light bearers. It's time to shine the light you that are online you're probably saying well you're just passively listening no it's time for you to shine the light too i don't care where you are you're in jamaica you're listening you're in canada you're listening you're somewhere in the states around the world listen wherever you are you've got a responsibility now that you know <laughs> you didn't turn off fast enough and even if you caught the replay gotcha yes you now have the responsibility to understand he lit you not so you can go around talking about how great you are but talking about how great he is we are being called kingdom and kings and priests and some people think it's to set up their own dynasty it's to set up their own thing he says no to show forth his praise we have been given authority when we talk about kings it's not because we're supposed to be kingly and just be regal okay fine in him because christ came down he came down and became poor that we might become rich not that you weren't rich already you had stuff he says no you tell the rich man listen you go sell what you have give to the poor and then come follow me I don't want to do that man I got too much my Maserati and got my house and the mansion all that stuff what does that mean without Christ you got the world but you lose your soul you and I have been given the responsibility to shine forth the light of his glory and then when they see the good works that are done when they see how beneficial it is to have a relationship to be reconciled to have peace you know how many people dealing with mental health issues and challenges they're dealing with it, but he knows how to deal with it. The man in Gadara had a mental issue. That mental issue had a, at its core a spiritual, a spiritual situation. And there are some things you can't medicate. It makes people docile. It might bring them in here. It enumerates them as if they had drank, but it doesn't deliver them from what really ails them. Because what really ails man is what he's given us for man. And that is his word. Amen. With our heads bowed. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And I pray, Lord, whatever it is that was needed was been given. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit who will make up the difference. Who will speak to our hearts and to our minds. Those things that are needed. Set us on fire afresh. Some, Father, need oil for their lamps. There's lamps near about gone out, but there's still a little spark. Some, Lord, need to be trimmed. I admit, I, I need some trimming on my wick. I need to be trimmed. There's some dead things hanging on, some things that need to be shaken off, put off, so that I can really shine for your glory and with your glory. Forgive us of everything that's not like you. 
during the course of this week, during the time of fasting and praying, Father, thank you for trimming off all those things that would cover up your glory, all those things that would hide the shine and the brilliance and the luminance of who you are. Teach us your word. Not so that we can brag and have a head knowledge, but so that with simplicity we can speak your word by the power of the Holy Spirit and with demonstration thereof that men, women, boys, and girls might be saved. I thank you, Father. You told her it's time to shine. Coming from and through the pandemic and through these situations and through these dark times, let your people do just what your word says. Shine as lights in this world that's perverse and crooked. And yet you said you would be with us. You told us to go. So we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your glory. Rest upon this our Father's house. Thank you, Father, for bishop and pastor. Thank you for those who have gathered, especially these young ones, these little ones. Use them like you did Samuel. Open their ears. Use them like you did Solomon. Crown them with wisdom. Use them like you did David. Building a relationship that's intimate with you that you can bring them from the backside to come forth and do exploits in your name and for your glory. We thank you for your people everywhere. Give us the shine forth. We won't take the glory unto ourselves. We'll do what your word says. Glorify our Father who is in heaven. All the glory and all the honor. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.